Hello, my dear curious friend. Welcome to another episode of the Curious Bubble Podcast Sessions. In the previous episode, I met you with Milda, a tour guide in Luxembourg, and we learned a lot of things of Luxembourg. If you have missed it, go and check it out. For me, my biggest output from that episode is that the public transportation in Luxembourg is free. How crazy is this? On this episode, we are all traveling to Seville in Spain, where I'm going to meet you with Jose, a local tour guide. So without further ado, let's welcome Jose in today's podcast. Jose, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I'm really excited. Um, how are you doing today? Well, I'm pretty good. I'm just here at home. Today's a public holiday in Seville, so pretty relaxed and, um, let's say, enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, I know that there is a lot of sunshine in Seville. Um, we're going to be talking about Seville, that's for sure. Um, and I also, I'm also curious why there is a bank holiday there in the middle of the week. But before that, before we go to Seville in more in-depth, I would really like to know you because for the audience, I haven't met you. I haven't met you. I went to Seville. I did some videos from there, some Instagram posts, and that's how you found me. And then I sent you some messages. Then you sent me some messages back. And that's basically our communication. So I would like to know you. So why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a local civilian and um, I've, um, I'm a passionate, let's say, about history, about culture, about the folklore we have here in my city. I, I have been living abroad as well, so that allowed me to um, know all the cultures, to, to learn new languages like English so that I learned in, in Ireland. I lived in Ireland in Dublin for three and a half years. And um, just a bit more than three and a half years ago, I came back here to Seville. I, I established home again, friends, family, you know, and um, started um, to work as an experiences host, um, just to show visitors, part of the city, let's say, a bit um, out of the beaten path, um, some alternative routes, trying to offer a different service, you know, tourism is a big industry in Seville, has been in the last few years getting to the top, so what I try to differentiate myself, offering something different, I'm pretty happy, I work on some internet platforms and um, still um, trying to improve, um, let's say. All right, so how, how long have you been a host then? Well, I started um, in December 2017, so um, two and a half years now. Um, I started just something extra. I wasn't working um, at a full-time position at the time, and I thought that I could um, just fill up my schedule with these experiences. I started doing them a couple of times every week. Um, and a bit more uh, than half a year ago, um, these experiences um, became my main activity. These experiences um, became a full-time job. And I offer now four different experiences to visitors in the main landmarks in some other um, alternative areas of the city center of Seville that is very rich in history. And um, I'm pretty happy with the feedback I'm getting. So um, just looking forward to continuing offering this uh, very shortly. I love it. I love it. I, I meet a lot of locals where they are not so familiar with the 
location they live in with the city just because they're born there and they take it for granted. And I was like, oh, okay, I know, I know a lot of things about the city, but most of the times it's the people who come to the city get more curious about it. But I really love seeing locals that get that spark at some point and learn more things about the city. Um, usually how this works, I mean, I, how I imagine it is that I will ask questions about the city, but now I know about Sevilla a bit. So maybe we can combine it. Maybe we, I can tell you some things that I know and then you can add some things. How would that work? Yeah, perfectly. All right, let's do that. So what I know is Seville, I, I went to Seville to be fair. Before that, I visited just Barcelona in Spain and, and in Mallorca where I used to work. And Seville really quickly turned into one of my favorite cities in general where I traveled everywhere. It, it has a really nice vibe and really hot weather. And I enjoyed both of these things. Um, I know it's located in Andalusia. Is it the capital of Andalusia? Yeah, it's the administrative capital of the region. The region of Andalusia is um, consisting of eight different provinces. Um, and Seville is the largest city and the capital. All right. So um, why don't you tell us about the food? Well, obviously, um, Seville um, and the whole Andalusia um, are is an area uh, full of history. Food in Seville um, has two different uh, important facts that made probably special, made, made it probably special. One of them is historical. Let's say um, that we are um, at a very um, strategic point. A lot of different cultures have occupied our territory and all of them have left a bit of their heritage in our culinary um, background. And the other important fact, apart from this mixture of ingredients and techniques and everything, would be the weather. You, you mentioned before, Seville is a very hot city, the whole Andalusia is. We are very uh, at the valley of Guadalquivir River. Um, and let's say that our um, cuisine is focused on that. In summer, obviously, in a city like Seville, nobody is gonna eat a broth for lunch when it's 40 degrees. So, um, what um, our cuisine is about is cold dishes, and we had to innovate. There are many cold dishes here from Andalusia, such as gazpacho, salmorejo, that is a version of gazpacho, a lot of different salads, a lot of fish. And that is probably because of the geography, and as I mentioned before, because of the weather. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, you froze here, I didn't, I didn't see you. <laughs> um, I, I tried gazpacho, Yeah. not a big fan, uh, not a big fan to be fair. Uh, <laughs> this other one, the, the, <laughs> Probably my favorite cold dish is the beer. Oh, yeah. It works best for me. <laughs> that works. Beer, tinto de verano, that is very similar to sangria. But talking about gazpacho, I'm not a big fan either. I mean, um, gazpacho is a drink. It's a drink you, you, you get while you are having your, your meal. Um, there is an ingredient in gazpacho um, that make a lot of people stay away from it, that is cucumber. Um, so cucumber is, uh, is, is giving a lot of, <laughs> is giving a lot of um, flavor to gazpacho. But this other dish I mentioned before that is called salmorejo, originally from Cordoba, that is very close to Seville. This salmorejo is thicker soup. Actually, it's a soup, it's not a drink. Like gazpacho is a soup, only consisting of tomato, bread, vinegar, olive oil, and salt. That's it. 
So you don't have cucumber, a lot of people who prefer um, salmorejo um, better than gazpacho. Huh. So what's your favorite dish then? Well, I have plenty. Um, I, what, what is good about our cuisine is that it's, um, we have a, a wide variety of options. Um, it's not that we eat every day the same. We change every day, every constant day. So um, I would say that regarding meat, I'm a big uh, pork fan, and, and there is a very special part of the pork that is not very well known out of our borders, that are the chicks. Pork chicks are a very, very um, tender uh, piece of the animal, and it is usually cooked um, like a stuff, and um, stewed, slow cook, and it's very good part about fish, I would go on fried fish, um, let's say um, squid, I love it. I love another fish that is not very common out of um, Spain either, that in Spanish is said cazón, and cazón is a species that is a shark, it's a small shark, and we usually uh, prepare it marinated and then deep fried. And about uh, cold dishes, as I mentioned, salmorejo would be my top one. I really need to try Salmorejo. I, I visited Seville and Malaga, so I did a small tour and it was all just in a few days. So I didn't have, you know, really a lot of time. Um, but when I was walking in Seville, I noticed that the streets are quite narrow. And then I found out that it's made that way so you can have the city have a better ventilation during the hot periods. That is, in, in a city like Seville, everybody tries to to stay away from the sun and um, and um, also because of historical reasons. Um, technology has improved now a lot and we all have aircon at home, but in the past years, um, the only way to cool down um, the, the streets was just building them very narrow so the sun is not shining and it's not heating your house for long. And also if there is some breeze, those narrow streets um, will make them very, very cool. So um, for example, one of the areas of the city of Seville that still preserve that medieval atmosphere could be the, the former Jewish quarter called Santa Cruz. And it's totally normal to feel a difference of about 10 um, degrees Celsius between a big square out of that area and any narrow street of this that I mentioned. Yeah, and I also noticed the first the first night, we arrived at night and we started walking around the city and I noticed these big tents, big tents on, on, on the roofs. And I was like, what, what the hell is that? And somebody told me that it's actually to keep the sun, you know, that is, shade that's to keep on shade. the street. I was like, um, this, it sounds very weird because a lot of our uh, visitors, a lot of people come here to enjoy the sunshine um, because they come from countries from Northern Europe, Northern America, where um, it's pretty cold. Um, but um, if you see people staying on the sun in spring and winter, you can for sure say they are not locals from Seville. We stay away <laughs> from the sun. There's actually a, a study that is very curious because even if we live at a city that is 320 days, 320 um, sunny days every year, in general, the population of Seville is lacking of vitamin D. Um, that is the one that, that is given by the sun. Um, and, and it's because of that, because we avoid um, the, uh, the, the sun all the time. We always like to be in the shade. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's normal for humans to search for something that they don't have usually. So that's why when people, I, I assume people from the northern countries when they go to Sevilla and they look at the sun like, 
what is this? You know, I heard about this, but is this the sun? Is that how it looks like? <laughs> Because sometimes I feel like that in England. Yes, it's totally normal. I, I mean, as I mentioned before, I, I lived abroad myself. I spent almost four years in Ireland. Um, and you know, the sun in Ireland doesn't appear very often. Um, so I started to, to behave like that when I was coming home <laughs> in my holidays when I was living abroad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that. Okay, let's talk about some sightseeing. I would like to start with my f most, most famous, not famous, but the, my favorite place to visit in Sevilla, and that is Plaza España. I know it was built especially... It, what is your favorite place in the city then? Well, I have no favorite. I, I, I like, obviously, the, the, the three main landmarks I always mention. One of them is Plaza España, the Alcázar, and the, and the um, cathedral. Those three cathedral? are for sure. The cathedral, yes. The, 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 those three, mm -hmm. Plaza de España, Alcázar, and cathedral, are uh, the, um, the landmarks, are those that show better the history, the art, uh, precious um, artworks everywhere. But there are a lot of hidden places, monasteries, Convents. I, I I don't have any favorite place. I enjoy them all. <laughs> It's like um, all right. I, I I agree with you when you say um, Plaza de España. Plaza de España is very impressive. Even if you've seen a million pictures, you would not believe how massive it is until you get there. Yes. And I mean, I've been there with a lot of tourists that were looking at that for the first time and uh, and I saw their faces <laughs> it's like um, <laughs> it's something I know, very I, impressive I had to film my face as well uh, I was <laughs> I was warned in advance you know don't look now just film your face you're gonna see it after that um, I know that the plaza was built for the American uh, Ibero-American Ibero Expo specifically for that uh, it, it's quite massive as well and I know that All the benches there are representing the different provinces in Spain, and and that and that's mainly that I know. And the four bridges there represent the four kingdoms that Spain started from. So these are the the curious facts, more or less, that I know about the plaza. Can you tell me something more? Well, um, as you mentioned, that's totally um, correct. What would you say about the plaza? You you've studied a lot. Congratulations. <laughs> so, um, well, the plaza was built for this big event, the, the, the Ibero-American exhibition, um, let's say, that um, changed a lot the city, the urbanism, because every country was building the pavilion to show the world um, their culture. The, the, the pavilion of Spain was this plaza de España. And um, the, another curious fact about, about it is the style. There is a style that can only be found here in the south of Spain, an architecture style we in Spanish call regionalismo, that would be um, translated something like regionalism. It's focusing on the region. We are at the time of historicists, we're at the time of modernism, and in here, um, having such a mixture of different cultures in our past, um, regionalism movement was trying to combine them all. So. When you go to Plaza de España, even if it's very massive, even if you see the four bridges, the four doors with the different kingdoms or the benches with the provinces, you need to look at the details. The details 
and the patterns because you totally see the difference between the two towers in a neo-baroque style then you see the arches imitating renaissance or, or classic uh, orders then you see the wooden um ceilings um imitating moorish style that is regionalism about it not everybody realize um how rich this style is and how important it is for our history just that was the the let's say fashion style at the time and Seville was changing for this expo so most of the buildings were built in this style. There are other curiosities about the Plaza de España, such a big landmark, has been used for many films, has been used for two masterpieces, let's say, um, like Lawrence of Arabia, um, the masterpiece of the of the cinema history, and Star Wars. Um, and very much more recently, um, it's been used for a film of um, such a Baron Cohen um, that is called The Dictator. Um, the Dictator, yeah. Yeah, The Dictator um, was a big event here in Seville, just so you know that doesn't appear in the film, I tell you that was made in August you can imagine all those people that were hired to participate in the film melting, standing there in that square for hours with no shade in August in Seville and I know some I know some of them I'm sure, I'm sure, oh really I, I was going to say I'm sure they're not locals because that much sun for them it's not enough <laughs> that cannot be true yeah, well, uh, uh, just a little secret. Um, I, I was, um, I don't know, twenty or so when when that was um, made in here. Maybe maybe more 22 24 i don't remember um and we had nothing to do a group of friends so we went to the audition and and i remember um they took us some pictures and they told us oh um every guy that has coming here must not shave till we call them back so everybody in seville was standing with the beard with the long beard just to be ready for the for the film it's just an anecdote um but uh, um, yeah, um, Seville um, is becoming important for such as events, not only about cinema, also about music. Last year we hosted the European um, MTV Award, and that was another big event. And I'm sure that after all this stuff of <laughs> COVID-19 is over, uh, Seville will be at the top again. It is. It is a nice city. Okay, let's go quickly to the other... Um other two famous uh, monuments and then I would like to hear to um, one of I, will, I would like to hear these secret places that you're talking about hidden gems that people don't don't know much about them so let's go to the cathedral next cathedral I know that it was a mosque back in the days uh, the the Giralda or the tower of the cathedral was the minaret and that's where the Muslims went up to announce that it's time for prey and they used a horse to go up because it's quite a tall um, tower. Anything else you would like to add to the cathedral? It's a magnificent place, by the way. It's massive. It's the biggest Gothic cathedral, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, um, the cathedral, um, it is very impressive. I'm sure uh, most people have visited cathedrals before, but the Cathedral of Seville is something from another world. Just um, um, the, the dimensions, just think that this cathedral is occupying a rectangle of 125 meters by 85, with naves of over 30 meters high. So um, the space inside is just huge. You don't even feel you are inside of a church 
because having such a, um, tall ceilings and, and such an open space, you don't get that feeling that being at a prayer space or being at a, a let's say, intimate um, place for prayer. That is something um, that is from another world. The cathedral was finished in the early um, 1500s and, and just that is the time in which Seville got to its maximum level of importance, let's say, just because of the commerce, the trade between the new world, the American continent, and the Iberian Peninsula. Every single ship coming or um, going to America had to, um, let's say, um, depart from Seville and get in here first. So the richness of materials, of artists, of techniques, that is something really, really impressive for everybody visiting the cathedral, as well as some historical facts that are very curious for um, some of our visitors, like for example, the Cathedral of Seville is the final resting place of a historical character um, known by everybody. I don't know if you know who is he. Columbus. Columbus. Of course I know him. <laughs> Christopher Columbus' final resting place is in Seville. Columbus is a very important character for our history, and it's very curious that, uh, that Columbus' um, remains after he died um, were moved. He traveled a lot after after his death, not only <laughs> during his life, but he traveled a lot after his death as he was first built in Valladolid, that is a city uh, north of Spain, then in Seville, then in Santo Domingo, in the Dominican Republic, then in Cuba, and finally um, in Seville again. Yep. Yeah, I heard about these travels, but uh, I know that Columbus is Italian, so why is he in Spain? Well, let's say that he became admiral of the Spanish Navy. He offered his project to several kings or rulers of the time, and the Queen Isabella I of Castile was the one who agreed to pay for his first trip, so he became an employee, let's say, um, of the Castilian Spanish crown. Mm -hmm. So he's a character, a very important character for history. Um, and then being civil, the side of the House of Trade, founded after the arrival of the first European men to America, um, Seville got the importance and obviously the connection between this man and the city-state and the, his son lived in here and he's also buried in the cathedral, one of his two sons. Um, it is still very linked. I saw that uh, next to the cathedral is the Archivo de Generales, or whatever you call it, is the archives <laughs> of the of, yeah. of all the maritime travels. And I was surprised to understand that Seville was really, really important back in the days, and everything was coming through the River Guadalquivir, and it was going out out of the continent. And I was really surprised. I didn't know it had such a big importance until they they moved the headquarters somewhere closer to the ocean, I think? Yeah, the, um, in the early 1700s, um, they moved um, the House of Trade, Casa de la Contratación, from Seville to Cadiz, that is in the ocean, um, and Cadiz became the main port for trade with American products. That is when Seville started to lose um, its importance. But um, the, the building you mentioned, Archivo General de Indias, the, the archive of the Indies, um, it is an archive only after um, the uh, city of Seville lost that importance we mentioned before that was uh, um, a market 
that is the place where all the products coming for the first time to Europe through Guadalquivir River were mm -hmm. sold and bought. Because after such a change in history, um, those merchants started to sell everywhere till King Philip II decided to build that to give them a space where they could uh, make their business. So can we then say that Seville is the starting point of Columbus? He basically started from there? That's why he's... Not really. He came here several times. He came to to cities around. Um, Columbus first met Queen Isabella, not in Seville, but in Cordoba. You know, at the time, there was no capital city. The court, the crown, was changing from, from city to city, from Alcázar to Alcázar, from palace to palace, and Columbus first met the queen um, in Cordoba. Then um, they met in Granada, because she was trying to conquer the last Muslim city of the Iberian Peninsula, that was Granada. And then he departed from a city close to Seville, that is in the province of Huelva, and that is called Palos de la Frontera. It's about one hour drive from Seville, and that was where he departed from the first time he got to um, America. Um, but then Seville as a main city, and also because of an strategic point, um, was the headquarter. The reason is that if you are dominating such an empire, such an important business, you will need to protect it. Seville is not in the ocean. A city in the ocean can mm. be attacked by enemies. So as soon as your ships full of products are getting into the river, you are totally protected. That is the reason. So the relationship between Columbus and, and Seville was very active, but it's not the departure gate, let's say. <laughs> I see, I see. Okay, and speaking of Alcazar, let's talk about Alcazar. I know that it's still active for the royal family when they go to Seville. This is where, this is their hotel. This is where they stay. Yeah, well, um, that's officially. But to be honest, they never stay here. <laughs> <laughs> You mean they don't go to Seville or they just don't stay when they go there? They come to Seville sometimes because there are official events and sometimes they only come for the day and they go back to Madrid to their palace, to their house there. Um, if they need to stay in the city for just one day or two days, they don't stay at the Alcázar. They go to a very luxurious hotel that was also built for the Ibero-American Expo in 1929, a hotel called Alfonso Thirteenth, and they stay there. And, and that's good for us that we are licensed guides <laughs> we don't have to uh, find the gates of the Alcázar close. But it's true that the first floor of one of the areas of the Alcázar is what we call the High Royal Room, and those are the rooms they can still use. Actually, um, very recently they decided to open some of these private areas to the public and are the only areas where you would find some furniture in the city of, in the Alcázar, sorry. Um, but the very, very private areas are still close to visits. Alcázar is still used for official events, official receptions, for example, like last year, during the Fair of April, the king of um, the Netherlands came here. And um, if a king goes to a city, where does he go? To the royal palace, and that is where the official reception um, of the Spanish royal house um, took place to welcome um, the Dutch um, royal family. Um, that's it. Um, 
this um, royal palace has the privilege of being the um, oldest uh, royal residence still in use in whole Europe. Um, and so officially mm. still in use, but this is a little secret. I see. Okay, I will <laughs> not share stay. it much. <laughs> I will try to keep it with uh, just few people. I will not yeah. share it much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, so we covered the most uh, famous places to see. But before we go to the gems, what is the best time in your opinion to visit Seville? Excuse me, I didn't get. I didn't catch the question. What is the best time to visit Seville? Well, um, Seville is spring. Spring, totally. <laughs> every every. Every every time of the year, um, Seville has a lot to offer. But um, traditionally, because of our behavior, because of our um, festivities, spring is the time in which Seville is shining more. First of all, we are the city in Europe having the largest number of orange trees. You've probably seen them. If you come here at the end of March, kind of, this year a bit earlier because of the weather we've had in winter, you will see and smell the orange blossom all over the city. That is Seville in spring. Then we have a very important tradition regarding Holy Week. That is the week before Easter, where all the processions, parades, with the, with the religious um, images going around the city. And then two weeks after Easter Sunday, we have one of the biggest parties in all Spain that is called the April's Fair, not always in April, depending on the Easter. But it's just a huge party, a week, a week party at a different area a bit out of the city um, where uh, we gather together, family, relatives, friends, um, co-workers, all together to dance, drink, eat and sing. Those are the four things you do during the April spring. So during, during spring, um, for sure, that's my um, recommendation. All right. I, I went in October, and to be fair, I was really happy with the weather as well. It was nice. No, no yeah, oranges yeah, blossoming. Well, I mean, like, no, no smell of oranges, but. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, so the, what is the weather. what is today? Why, why, why is it bank holiday today? Today um, we celebrate um, the Corpus Christi. Um, that's a Latin um, expression to uh, say the body of Christ, and it's a religious origin um, celebration from the 13th century, and um, and it is the only day in which um, the holy form, the holy body of Christ, goes on a procession around the city. Obviously, this year everything has been cancelled due to the restrictions out of the pandemic, um, but um, it is a big uh, celebration um, religious still a public holiday holiday in three Spanish cities only Seville Granada and Toledo and probably because these three cities um, were the three important points of what we call the Christian reconquest of the Iberian Peninsula and at a city and at an area where we had Christians, then Muslims, at the same time co-living with Jewish, then Christians again. You have to reinforce the Christian beliefs, so that is why still in Seville, this is a very important religious celebration. I see, I see. Wow. Okay, I'm happy to have you in that, uh, you know, in that holiday. It's a, it's a big thing for me as well, you know. Um, okay, so we learned the three big landmarks. What about three hidden gems? 
Tell us three locations. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'll pick three now. I hadn't prepared, to be honest. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, have I didn't ask you anything in advance. <laughs> Let's go. I have plenty here. So um, there is an area um, in the city that is called Triana. Triana is the um, first suburb of the city. It's the only area that was surrounded by the city wall, so it wasn't protected. And it's the quarter, it's the neighborhood you can find across Guadalquivir River. Um, in Triana, there are plenty of hidden spaces, but I will go to very specific one that is called the Inquisition Alley. The Inquisition mm. Alley is in Triana because the castle that was protecting that area of the city called St. George Castle was also the headquarters of the Inquisition here in um, Seville. So a lot of people just walk around and see a very old street, um, but there is a there is a lot of history, a lot of stories behind um, that street, um, because um, you know the Inquisition in Spain was pretty hard, and um, there are still a lot of legends, um, some people telling paranormal facts. Um, so I wouldn't recommend you go there by night, <laughs> but it's a very interesting <clears throat> hidden spot. That is one. Another one that, that that's very mention. interesting, but that's very yeah, interesting because I I went to Triana. Yes. Uh, I know it. I know it's uh, quite a, a gypsy. I mean, like in the past, there there was a, the gypsies were playing. Uh, I think it's uh, a lot of flamenco spirit there, and I know that the tiles are coming from Triana as well. Yes. Uh, but I went there during high noon in a way. And the streets were empty. <laughs> Probably that's why I don't know. I don't know much. And uh, I don't feel Triana that close to me because the streets were empty. There were not so many people, and I just couldn't go back uh, later. I mean, early evenings. But uh, Triana is a Ali. very alive um, neighborhood. Um, if you go there on a Friday evening you will feel the real spirit of the neighborhood, Probably. actually. Probably. So, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, number two. Number two. Um, number two I'd like to mention um, is um, a church um, that is a part of a former hospital um, that was active, well, was mainly active during the 1600s, but officially the Brotherhood uh, managing that our hospital is still active nowadays. It's called the Charity Hospital. Um, if you're interested in art, if you're interested in Baroque paintings, that is a very, very special place to visit. Um, the church of this hospital that was built in the 1600s is displayed like a big um, comic. You know, the level of literacy in the 1600s was not very high, so um, they needed to show everything. And if you're interested, um, as I said uh, about that, you could read what are the different steps for a Christian um, to get to salvation. And they work on charity um, to um, offer salvation. So you see the different, the, the, diff, the seven works of charity um, to get to salvation. That's a very, very special sp space in, in Seville city center. And to be honest, being a local, um, I've been there plenty of times, I've been showing it to locals, but when I get to know international visitors, nobody knows about it. Is that the hospital that is in a way in between residential buildings? Uh, well, it's close to the... Um, 
how we call it, the ship builder, the former ship builder. Um, but and close to the river, if you go from the from the cathedral heading to the river, that is the one you find. The, the facade is not very monumental, but yeah, um, then inside, the then inside is um is a so so truly unique charity hospital. Okay. Those, well, those are your char- homework. Charity, <laughs> charity hospital number two. Uh, that's yeah. the place number two. Okay, what about number three? Number three. Uh, number three, um, I would go on Plaza del Salvador. Have you been? It was that in Santa Cruz neighborhood? Not really. No, it's close to the cathedral, but so, not towards that direction. Tell me, the, tell me about it. Uh, Plaza del Salvador is important because of the um, church that is in there that is having the same name, Salvador Church. But um, going out of history of art or um, landmarks of beauty, Plaza del Salvador is important for locals because it's the most common gathering place for people from Seville. And that is also important when you get to visit a city, you want to behave as a local, you want to get to know it as a local. So if you visit Seville, you have to go to Plaza del Salvador that can easily host 300, 400 people there standing or having those high tables and having beer. That little tiny... Is is that where the celebrations are happening usually? Well, that's a meeting point. You know, the, the very little bar that is not bigger than three meters facade um, is selling is the bar selling more beer in all Spain <laughs> because people are gathering all over the square and um, that's a very meeting point so you are going to meet with some friends uh, colleagues or classmates and where do we meet Plaza del Salvador you have a couple of beers and then you go to other places but Plaza del Salvador is a very important place so um, I when when I explain it to my guest I always try to show them the local perspective so I always tell them go to Plaza del Salvador around 8 p.m. or around 2 p.m. before lunch before dinner and you just see how people around are behaving well I just I just googled the plaza to be fair and I see that I've been there but I didn't spend much time there. I just passed through the plaza two times. I didn't spend. I think my opening. I think my opening video for the Sevilla video is also from there. Uh, but I didn't spend much time there. Okay, that was that was great. Thanks a lot for that. Um, I know that you recently wrote a tour guide that is selling on Amazon. Why did you decide to do that, and what can be found in the guide? <laughs> well. Um... Why did I decide to do that? Well, you know, in Spain, the 13th of March was the last day I had some experiences. 14th of March, I, I was on lockdown, <laughs> home. Um, <laughs> and um, so I'm a person that always tries to, to keep busy. Um, I was thinking, what can I do? What can I do? What can I prepare for my future guests? Um, and going back to some conversations I've had, had with some of the people that are, were visiting Seville with me, they were always asking for the same kind of recommendations. If you get to know someone that is local, you always ask, what can I do? Where can I eat? Where can I go? Where do I buy tickets for this? What time do I go to this place? And those questions were, were very common. So I had the time that I had never had before. I sat down and I started writing, and this is the result. Let me show you. This is the result, the ultimate locals guide um, to Seville, um, where is 
not full of information, but it's very descriptive. It is about every monument, fine art museum, you have the timetable, you have the price, you have if it's having the audio guide, where, how to visit, and then a description, and as I call it, tips and info. Um, that is my experience as a local and as someone who's um, working on this business to make you um, enjoy in the best way um, you visit to the different monuments. So it's having cultural interest sites, we're also having important for a visit to Seville for sure. Gastronomical Seville. <laughs> and then we have flamenco places, but not those big shows prepared for tourists, but places where people from Seville go. And to end up with, I've also included um, some day trips you could um, do around the city to places like Italica, um, a former Roman city, um, places like the White Villages in Cadiz province or Ronda. Um, this is the information, this was the result, this ca it can be found now on Amazon worldwide, the ultimate locals guide to Seville. And um, I recently, last um, week, also published it in Spanish. So those are the two versions of the same book. Love it. I love it. I love the. I love how you Did just you get it? take the time. What that? Did you get it already? No, I don't. I don't have it. I, don't, I didn't get it. I participated in your giveaway, but I didn't uh, get it there. I'm now doing um, a, a giveaway in Spanish, but uh, I don't know how fluent you are. You said you, you lived not, in Mallorca. Not so much. Yeah, I, I worked in Mallorca. I still can make some conversations, but I'm not that fluent, I think. Um, I really love how you implemented the time that you have, because many people are like, oh, lockdown, oh, I'm getting bored, what shall I do? While you are just focused on, you know, keep moving, keep going, stay in the field, like let's do something travel related, let's educate people. And I really admire that and I love it. So. Kudos for that. Anything else you would like to add before we go? Thank that was so a, that was a great talk. Thank you for that. But anything else you would like to add before we go? Well, I, I would just like to encourage people to keep traveling because um, we had a lot of plans, <laughs> and um, this has been something worldwide. Um, it has affected us all, but I'm sure. Um, everybody's still very much looking forward to 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 keep tra to keep it traveling. Um, there are a lot of places we need to know, and of course, if you come and visit Seville, so Pavel, you know, for next time you come in here, you can contact me, and I'll be very happy to show you around. Um, hopefully, very shortly. Just to um, add as well that in Spain, the first of July, uh, all borders will be opened, and there is no quarantine need for travelers and um, so everything will be back pretty much as usual as normal just you know social distances um, measures bars and monuments at a certain capacity like 50% or 75% depending on, on the people um, but everything will be back um, to normal and um, that's it that is my addition <laughs> and most importantly the sun will be there yeah. So you can go and that have some sun vaping. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't been affected. Well, thanks so much uh, to everybody who is interested. As you can see and hear, Jose is quite knowledgeable. I will leave his links in the description. So you'll be, you'll be having multiple ways to contact him. 
And if you want, just please do so. Jose, thank you so much for joining. It was a thank great pleasure. Much. It was a great pleasure to learn more. And I wish you a fantastic bank holiday. I hope so. Um, today, actually, um, I'm just running away to meet some friends. And then at night, we have another important event for the city. I didn't mention today, Thursday, 11th of June, football is back in Spain and is coming back with the Derby of Seville. Oh, yes. I completely yes. forgot about that as well. Which so, team do you support? Uh, I support Sevilla. Um, and uh, that's it. Um, so... Today, everybody will be divided. The whole city will yeah. be divided. I will be watching the, the game. Um, sadly, not at the stadium because um, they will um, play close um, gates, mm -hmm. but with Sevilla supporter friends because today is everything split into two. <laughs> so you don't meet the other team supporters in the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's 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 really normal. Okay, have a nice day, and I wish you a, I wish you a good result tonight at the match. I hope so. <laughs> If not, I won't <laughs> go out tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. As we end today's talk, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone who left a review on any of the platforms that you listen to this. It means the world to me. And more importantly, more people will be able to find this podcast. So if you haven't left the review yet, please do so. I have more guests lined up to come on the show. So expect to hear more episodes like this one for different cities, different locations. But if you like to hear something specific, specific city, specific location, specific attraction, let me know and I will see what I can do for you. Or even better, if you know somebody, then let me know, connect us and we will welcome him or her in the show. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the whole thing. I wish you well, stay curious.